You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Welcome in, everybody, to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, hosted by our friends over at Belly Up Sports. Well, you've got the whole crew tonight for the first, I think the first time this year, maybe the second yep. time this year. Uh, the whole crew, Jacob, is back. He is back. no longer running Home Depot at night. He's running it during the day, Jacob. How's it been? How's it going? Uh, I'm a little tired, you know, while all you guys are sleeping. Um you know that's the the meat and potatoes of my day so um no it feels good to attempt to get back on a regular schedule um yeah that that uh that's for the birds that's all i know so, so is it like night at the museum do all the tools come to, to life at night and then you have to like chase them around god i wish um no just know, the crackheads yeah, <laughs> in the parking lot yeah i came in i came in like two nights during the week and and the cops were parked outside both nights, and I'm like, "What is going on?" I just wanted to come in and just be left alone. Uh, but no, normally I go in and I'm suspended from the rafters for about three hours, twenty five feet in the air. What the uh, heck are you doing? Stocking dude, stuff? I'm having the inventory stuff. It sucks. So. He's making sure nobody's camping out in the Home Depot overnight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, that'd be a- one place to do it: climb up into yeah, the shelves and be gone. We had a fire hydrant bust out back. Don't know where that water comes from or because uh, there's a reservoir like right behind the store. And uh, let's just say there's not too much fun stuff in that water. And we had a fire hydrant bust, so it was almost flooding the back of the store. So that was that was nice. Did uh, So were you out there like cranking on it to shut it off? You had to call the fire department? How that no, process go? No, it's, it's almost like – well, yeah, that's fun. Um, it's almost – it's almost like somebody just screwed the cap off on it, but to get it off, I mean, you'd you'd have to get some sort of, you know, pipe wrench to get that off and have some it's sort definitely of definitely one of your coworkers. Yeah, trying uh, to get out of their shift that night. They're like, "We're gonna flood this sucker and we're out of here." So I, I, you know, there's a homeless camp back there too. So I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on back there. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but three o'clock in the morning, they don't respond really fast, especially to fire hydrants. They just don't care. Um, oh. And then two weeks ago, we had a main, we had a main pipe just bust right out front of the exit door, um, so like nobody could walk out the door. Because they came to winterize our pipes, and they did such a great job that Sounds one like just it. exploded all over the concrete. So, yeah, that was nice. But, uh, yeah, they took, I mean, probably an hour and a half to get there. So, I, I don't know. They, hey, well, at least you had there. some excitement to keep you awake through the night. Oh, now yeah, you're, you're telling me. Now that you're back working normal hours, it's going to be boring. There's not going to be anybody to fight off uh, the fire hydrant. No pipes are going to explode. And you'll be able to you'll be able to watch the Super Bowl. You won't be at work. Fingers crossed. Hopefully not. I'll um, be at work, unfortunately. Uh, what? Making you work on Super Bowl Sunday? That's that's a crime. Home yeah, Depot yeah, should yeah. be closed. Well, there's nobody going to be there anyway, so I might as well just watch the Super Bowl anyways. That's what I say. You just tune in. You just find you one of those spots up in the Raptors, like you were talking about <laughs> earlier, and just hang out there. It's like there's that. 
I don't know. It's from some movie, and, and I go back to it like all the time, where the guy gets in this contraption and dude lifts him up into the into the shelves. Like it's uh, from the, the Office. They do it, it in from... the Office. Yeah, that's so funny. They get in it's... there and they're just up there playing cards. That 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 is so funny. That's yeah. like that that is so true. It's uh when Jim and Pam, I think first have their baby or something, and they need to sleep. They go to the warehouse and they get on the scissor lift and they lift them up and they crawl into like the stock, uh, the stocking shelves and hang out right there for a little bit. Um, <laughs> apparently it is a movie. Neil's look, Neil's tuning in for everything. Yeah. Rise, there it is. NASCAR Neil's going to be on at the, the tail end of the show to give you a NASCAR preview, but employees of the month is what the movie's called. That you're talking about Jacob, but Wade, Tyler, eventful weekend. Anything going on? Wade, get settled in the new house. You yeah, got a, I'm, I'm got a studio also now. frequenting Home Depot, Jacob. Uh, you guys sent me a welcome to your new house coupon, which was very generous. Unfortunately, it came a week after I dropped $500 on a lawnmower, so that would have been good <laughs> a good time to use it. Um, but I'm sure there'll always be something that needs. Oh yeah, uh, toyed with. Oh, so yeah, yeah uh, just getting settled in. Uh, nothing big sports wise for me. Um, I am excited for baseball season coming up. I'm, as I'm driving home now on my new commute, I pass by the box, uh, and, and they're always over there hitting or scrimmaging. So definitely feels like spring is on the horizon, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Hey, the uh, groundhog didn't see his shadow, so spring is here. Thank the Lord. His, how do you say his first name? Tony Phil. Tony Phil. You know, he's got a 39% like flip. Of him being correct, and I saw something on Twitter, and I, I it's a pretty bad success right there. Well, Caitlin be good Clark, for baseball. Baseball terms, no. I was about to say, Caitlin Clark shoots thirty nine percent. Yeah, three point three point line, and they're calling her the goat of women's basketball. So, depends She's on how you break uh, Pistol Pete's uh, scoring record too. Yeah, she needs like a couple more games. I think they said by the end of February she uh, should have eclipsed the all-time scoring record. So I don't know I, for the women's scoring record. I mean, she probably has two games left to to do it. I mean, she's what sixty points. Yeah, yeah, for the women's record, yeah, she scores like forty a game. Right? Now, Pistol right. Pete did it without the three-pointer. Caitlin Clark is an That's elite three-point shooter. Doing but... it from half court, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pulled up from the logo. Uh, but we don't like Caitlin Clark on the show. Jacob might, but. LSU mm. fans here. The Big Ten up there, he, he loves it. Oh, no. Hey, she's, we're all one now. She's she's, yeah, she's kind of true. she's kind of a flopper in my opinion. I don't know. Well, we discussed it at length a couple weeks ago when the fan ran into her. Um, we all yeah. said flop. What do you think, Jacob? That's a definite flop. And then she apparently got got hit uh, the other night in the Maryland game. What was that last night? Or no, right before I don't know. Yeah, I think. Um, and, and you know she kind of like. She inbounded the ball and then just kind of like crouched over and stuff, and they stopped the game and everything. I'm like, and then she went to the bench for like a minute and a half and came back and was fine, running up and down the court. I'm like, if you got the wind knocked out, you was going to take a little longer than a minute and a half to, you know, to get your breath back and and be able to run up and down the court. So I don't know. She she's kind of a, I don't know. She's 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 like the Steph Curry of women's basketball in the sense of like likes the attention type thing i mean i don't know i guess it's just in terms of me watching basketball as a kid i never grew up around guys that got a lot of notoriety especially like 
in the NBA or anything like that. So I don't know. I just I I see it come off as cocky and a little bit of annoying, especially when you have a, a team with ten more people. I, I don't know. No, I get what you're saying there. Like I said on the show a couple weeks ago, when we talked about the flop. It would have been great if the fan that ran into her hit her with the "You can't see me" as they knocked her over and just kept going because clearly she didn't see her. Apparently, but, I mean, I don't want to defend Ohio State fans. Like, I don't. Yeah, want to, that's but, a hard thing to do. But um, I kind of have to in that case. Like, I don't know. She yeah. looks like she made a direct path, and it's like, well. She didn't see him. I'm thinking there was nobody in a 20 foot circumference around that one person. You know, I was like, <laughs> I don't know. See, this is what happens when, J- when you miss the show for a couple weeks, Jacob. You would have been perfect. We also talked about Ohio State's transfer portal auditions if you want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk well, about it. Let's talk about Wade. You mentioned it uh, a second ago. Big Ten and SEC are partnering up to address the issues on the mostly the college football front, but I think this speaks for like college athletics as a whole um is this the beginning of the super conference as we know it that eventually they'll just merge into one or is this just kind of like holding the NCAA accountable because at what point can you they the schools just say no to the NCAA like the whole Tennessee thing with the allegations that they brought forward Tennessee is counter suing them to finally say like look we're this doesn't make any sense you can't come in at at the 11th hour and be like, oh, what you did is illegal when it's legal in our state. So have y'all seen anything on this new like committee that's forming? I saw the headline, but I don't know anything else about it. I think it's, it's the start of like a new alliance, like a like a new power five, if you will, because now we're down to the power four. So I, I think eventually you're going to have like, I, I don't know, like it, it's already kind of an unspoken thing, but you're only going to see teams from like the top 50, you know, programs make the playoff and be eligible for championships right now. You know, they do take one of the power six or group of six schools into consideration, but I think we could see that tweak to where there's like, you know, this top 50 kind of echelon of college football. And that's what the college football playoff will be. And then I think you'll see, like a group of five tournament in a, in a sense, and then you'll still have your FCS and your uh, Division Two, II, Division Three. So I think it's the start of that, and I think that it would be mainly all the current members of the Big Ten and the SEC, and then I think you would see um, maybe a few of the elite ACC members and then some of the Big 12 members kind of make that jump up uh, so that you would have about 40 to 50 teams total. Well, with I think if you combine like a Big Ten and SEC, some of these bottom feeding teams are going to be kicked out. Like Vanderbilt, they're not going to be just riding the coattails. <laughs> or like we're talking a a Rutgers from the Big Ten, like somebody like that's not. Oh yeah, if the Big the Ten decision, could turn right? them back in and get like Clemson or Florida State or something. Right. They would totally do it. I think for right now, this is mostly just like the call the NCAA on their bullshit, really, because of like what they're doing and all these. You had the uh, Florida State issue um, with their booster, like are their coach delivering, like driving the recruit to the booster. Yeah, this Tennessee stuff is all perfectly legal. Like the collect, the collective is paying whatever his name is, I believe. Uh, I don't know how you say his last name, but their quarterback, their new starting quarterback, 
rumors of eight million dollars for him to to go there, which is absurd. Never like even paying, played for the. You're paying. <laughs> you're paying a high school recruit eight million dollars. Like here you go. We we just hope you don't transfer next year when you you know don't play good or Tennessee sucks or something like that. Um, and of course they're they're saying oh the y'all y'all screwed up this is wrong but it's like it's not really wrong because there's no rules. So um, I think it's more just like a committee to check the NCAA and eventually probably break away and have their own playoffs and their own rules and relegations where they don't need the NCAA anymore. But Tyler, maybe this is where our theory from a couple weeks ago of Nick Saban being the college football commissioner comes into play. What do you think? Yeah, maybe so. Uh, speaking of uh, Nick Saban, uh, Buffalo back James Cook had something to say about that. He's saying that maybe the playoff committee knew about Nick Saban retiring. That's why Alabama got in. He obviously, he's a Georgia alum, so he was talking very highly that uh, Georgia would have won it all if, if the Bulldogs. Uh, but my thing is you got to beat them on the field. I mean, I, I, I'm still – I'm going to like beat the table all that you want that Florida State should have been in the playoff, but I just don't think that would have mattered. I mean, looks like Michigan would probably would have won it all no matter what it was. I think that Texas and Washington gave us a good game, uh, but I definitely think uh, Nick Saban being the commissioner is never going to happen. I just think that these conferences are just going to do whatever the hell that they want because that's what they've been doing pretty much the entirety of it. The NCAA really has no power. They got a bunch of idiots uh, like running it anyways. Uh, so I think that's a big the big team the SEC are going to start leading the way. I think that in football in general, they're going to be the power two conferences. That's probably where you're going to see most of the teams get into the 12-team playoff. And then pretty much everybody else is going to be riding the coattails. Uh, so I think that the Big Ten and the SEC, this is like their first step of becoming like the power two conferences in college sports and college athletics. So the current president of the NCAA is Charlie Baker, who is the former governor of Massachusetts. Huh. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does he have any ties to like a football, like a, a school, or look uh, at the playoff committee? Like try to go like, away from like athletics. dudes like in the army and D yeah. two athletic directors. Like they're just picking these people off the streets, pretty much. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, it's say what you want to say. Will anything happen? Who knows? I think the schools are eventually just going to stop listening to them and possibly form their own. It uh, could be a non-sanctioned NCAA championship. Like you could have the scholarships come from the schools and money that they get from this alliance, and it, it could be that like. The top 50 college football teams don't play in the NCAA. It could be like just, I don't know, something independent. This could be the start of breaking away. So, hmm. yeah, but it, like if you, there's, if you break away or your national championship is going to have like a little asterisk next to it, like non NCAA, necessarily like, point, who cares if you look at like a team, like uh, a sport that maybe the NCAA doesn't offer, like, you know, like a badminton. Yeah, like if the men's badminton team at Alabama is the best men's badminton team, nobody's gonna say they didn't win the national championship. Like they won the top tier competition at their sport. That would That's be true. what this is. That's true. More to come on that, I'm sure, as the offseason unfolds. But what we do have is sports happening right now, and that's Super Bowl. Super Bowl is a week away from today. Uh, exactly one week from now, we'll probably be at halftime. 
Uh, or actually, the game probably almost be over. Oh, about eight thirty. We'll be lucky to be at halftime. All the commercials that'll be spamming at us. That's true. That's true. Uh, maybe we'll get some good ones this year. I'm excited, particularly for the Arnold Schwarzenegger State Farm commercial that they've been teasing, and what's happening to Jake, what's happening to Mahomes and Kelsey. Who knows? I'm um, excited for the avocados from Mexico. They always bring it every year. They were killing it earlier this year. I, I like their uh, their current campaign. Will we get an EA Sports intro uh, college yeah, football right. commercial? <laughs> will we, will we like get that. a Rob Gronkowski made field goal? Oh, yeah. What is, what's going on with that? I saw, I saw something about that on Twitter. I think you can, like, match a bet that if he makes the field goal, you're entered into some sweepstakes for, like, a million dollars or something. Split one million ways. <laughs> yeah. well, how long is the field goal? Uh, he missed it last year, but it's, like, 30 yards. He He's going to miss it again. His foot's too big. <laughs> His foot's bigger than the football. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I mean... Come on. Uh, so, Chiefs 49ers played back in 2019. Wade, what was the final score of that game? 31-21. As you called it. Uh, let's go Super Bowl 58 picks. Who who, who are we feeling here? Jacob, you haven't been on for a while. What do you think? Um, You know what? I, I think, you know, 2024, call me crazy, but I think that the right prevails in this one. I'm going to go with the Niners. Okay. Um, I believe in the system. The The Shanahan system works. Um, so I, I think the bright lights and everything as far as the, the stars of the Chiefs, I mean, they have to step up in order for, for them to win. In my eyes, the Niners have so many weapons offensively I mean, out of the backfield, uh, you know, you you still have your your Debo's and your other that are still there. And Brock Purdy's a system quarterback. Brady was a system quarterback for over twenty years, and you saw what happened. It worked. He can't I mean, hit a golf ball, but he can throw yeah, football. Exactly. Yeah, God. Um, but you know, he Purdy's in the same situation that Brady was in, you know, years ago. In in that situation, I mean that this is the same thing. Um, you know, when Brady played the Rams in the Super Bowl and in 03, you know, they were, uh, they gave him no chance, especially uh, against a Rams team who was really good at the time. And, you know, now they are not really giving him any chance because of Mahomes and Kelsey. Uh, in my opinion, I just don't think that the Niners are going to be able to be stopped just. I mean, on the ground, they're too strong. Christian McCaffrey was the biggest pickup they've ever had in franchise history. I mean, that is giant. So, I mean, we're looking down the barrel of a really good one, but I think the Niners can pull it off. Okay. I uh, So, I'm in the opposite direction because I am fully on the Chiefs bandwagon, Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey love story. <laughs> I'm here for it, and I want to see – a Super Bowl victory for <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> victory for the Chiefs. I want to see Kelsey drop down on a knee, propose to Taylor, and then he announces his retirement, and they ride off into the sunset. I mean, she's wearing a white dress at the Grammys tonight. I saw that on Twitter just now. Um, it's, I mean, it's destiny, right? This is the team of destiny. Look, Taylor Swift's all over my iPad right now for ads. Uh, I'm not even talking about the Super Bowl. It's just her face. 
Uh, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. He's an underdog. I think the 49ers to the Lions at two and a half right now. Um, the last I saw it. So it's tough, man. It's tough to beat that guy. He's got he's going for a back to back. I don't remember the last time a team won back to back Super Bowls. I think the it was Patriots. Brady. Yeah, Brady and the Patriots. Oh three oh four. Yeah, so it's been 20 years since it happened. Um, 20 years exactly. So 20-year anniversary of the back-to-back. Let's see if they can get it done. Uh, but my pick, I'm doubling down with Wade on a 31-21 Chiefs, 49ers, or Chiefs victory over the 49ers. Wade, what do you think about that? All right. I think I'm going to do an on-the-air flip here. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. Ooh, uh, 24-23. A one-point oh. victory. Ooh, yep. little lines and oh, uh... Game-winning field goal, maybe. No. Is that what you're thinking? Okay. Or... That's possible. Could be a 23-21. Niners go down the field and kick the game-winning field goal. I'm thinking... Hmm, I don't know if I like that score. I might... I'm going with the Niners, but I don't know if I like that score. Um... But I just feel like the 49ers, like Jacob said, have been the more consistent team all year. I trust the offensive weapons. Let's be real. If, if Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey can't get together on some big-time plays, they don't have a lot of weapons on the outside. You're asking a lot out of our rookie and Rasheed Rice. I think it just kind of comes back and, and catches up to them. The Eagles played a damn good game last year in the Super Bowl, uh, but the 49ers – I mean, I'm sorry, the Chiefs had – a much better offense and they were able to pace with them and ultimately scored a lot of points in that game. But I think they get held in check a little bit more in this one. I haven't been impressed with the 49ers in the playoffs, but they seem to be just kind of that team of destiny. They're getting lucky as are the chiefs, but I think the 49ers eke it out um, in a close one. Okay. Before we get to you, Tyler, maybe 24 20 is what I'm thinking. For those I think Mahomes has the ball and has to get a touchdown. And they can't kick the field goal, and he comes up a little short. It's a it's a uh, Kadarius Tony drop in the end zone. Yeah, like he has a fourth down bomb to like Tony, and he drops it like fifty. He's wide open. Did you did you print out the script, Wade? Can we can we see the script? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, well, last time it was it was a little crazy because I think if I'm right, the 49ers did not score three touchdowns in that 31-21 game. They kicked the field goal at some point, and they went for two. Or got a safety or something, and I remember like my score prediction was wrong. But then they went for two late in the game, and it was back to being right. It was a whole thing, but um, crazy things can happen. But yeah, I feel I feel like the sports gods are telling me 49 ers Okay, I could see a Tony drop because they <laughs> they weren't going to start. Him. If he even plays, and in Taylor Swift beats the shit out of him until he dies. I'm just saying. <laughs> The Swifties would, go after him. Yeah, he would never go back. He would never go back to Kansas City. Like, like Patrick Mahomes' just, dad beats him. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, he was no Jackson. He's listed as inactive for the AFC Championship, and he went on IG Live talking about how he's healthy, he can play. And all of a sudden, they said, you know, he practiced yesterday. He's active for the Super Bowl. Blah blah blah. That's gonna bite him in the ass. I mean, I think. Right. He's gonna have a pivotal drop, or yeah, he's gonna Super prove Bowl all last year. He scored. Yeah, he might prove us all. Odell catches it, wins it. Yeah, um, but we'll see. Tyler, uh, before you go, 
if you're watching, let us know in the comments. Super Bowl, uh, who's going to win, which score, uh, and we'll read them all. Tyler, what do you got for us? Yeah, this is definitely going to be a great matchup. Uh, I've been picking against the Chiefs. It feels like this whole entire playoffs and they every round they've been biting me in the butt. Uh, no, I'm not going to pick the team that believe my you know defeat my beloved Detroit Lions. So I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Chet, like you mentioned, there's some uh, T Swift uh, conspiracy theories. I, I heard it on the radio again. The game's on February 11th. Two plus 11 is 13. And then Super Bowl 58, 5 plus 8 is 13. <laughs> so, it's so real, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to go uh, with the Chiefs. Obviously go with the over because uh, – so I'm going to go 34-30 uh, uh, that the Chiefs win and they go back-to-back. Another thing – another little bit of knowledge for you as Jacob <laughs> blows into our ears through the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, the last eight Super Bowls, the team ha- that has had to travel the farthest wins. Chiefs are traveling the farthest. The team that has traveled west the farthest wins. And they play Obviously. in Las Vegas once a year. Well, if you well. think about it, if the Chief, if, if the Niners do travel west, they could travel the farthest. Fly around the world. Maybe they'll do that just for this. <laughs> Maybe they'll just take off around the world. I keep seeing um, that full moon garbage with the Chiefs and like they, they never lose when it's a full moon and I'm like, Okay, whatever, but I, I I don't know. It just seems like it's all a gimmick. It really is. But I, I think it's setting up for the Chiefs. Like they have to meet expectations. I mean, that's. I mean, if they're going to be the favorite and all this well, stuff around them, I'm just yeah. looking. I'm just looking at the 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 past games that both teams have played i'm looking throughout the season i I think by far the niners played the tougher schedule all year long than kansas city did it's just i mean i can't get past the fact that kansas city got beat by denver somehow this year and denver went on a run after that and Mm -hmm. you know i mean i don't think they're safe next year if they don't make any any changes but that's an off-season thing but as far as the playoffs go I just think the Chiefs played the Ravens. The Ravens played like dog water, and yep. it because Kodak they became one dimensional. Yeah, nope. one dimensional. Lamar Jackson's gonna win the game. Lamar Jackson did not win the game. Yeah, he just didn't run. You saw the clip of Odell being like, "Dude, when you when you you got to take over because you changed the game." Right. Uh, which I like seeing that from Odell. You know, he, I think he knows his his peak, his prime is is gone. Right, he's tail end of his career, and now he's trying to coach up guys like Lamar. And for whatever reason, Lamar just didn't play like himself. Um, I mean, for for the Niners to go and be arguably two of the best teams, uh, you know, that are playing right. I mean, you go and beat, uh, you know, a really good Detroit Lions team. That that's that was crazy. Yeah, if the Lions are down seventeen. I mean that's crazy. I mean I just I don't see how the Chiefs if if they're in that situation, I mean Kansas City's not coming back from that. Uh, they just don't move the ball fast enough and for them to win the game they have to control the time of possession. I'm sure Shanahan's probably telling Purdy just protect the ball regardless yep. of the situation. D-line against D-line, the Niners win that all day long, I think. Um front seven for the Niners, I think, is a lot better than the front seven for Kansas City. I mean, they're just young. 
defensively speaking. Um, gave up a lot of points this year. So I, I don't I don't think it's gonna be that high scoring actually. I know Tyler mentioned the over. I mean You go the other I way. I I, I, I don't see sixty four points happening. I mean that's that's oh. crazy. Is it sixty four now? Well you picked 34 30. 34, 30. Oh. Why not? I think I think the over under is set at forty two and a half. So I got it going slightly over. Let me verify this here. It is set at 47 and a half. 47 yeah, and a half in the line. I'm talking like 20. Half. I'm talking like 24-17 type game. I I don't see I don't see Kansas City putting up, you know, anything into the 20s against the Niners. I I don't see that. I mean, ostensibly the Niners playing at home for the most part. I mean, as far as that goes, First I know travel doesn't mean Vegas. anything. I know travel doesn't mean anything anymore and all that, but I I yeah, I just don't see that many points being put up by by either team. Good point. So we got Chu coming in, 49ers by 17. Happy anniversary, Chu. Two-year anniversary to Matt Mallard. Congratulations. We, we love you. We're proud of you. Uh, and he thinks the 49ers are going to win by 17. Uh, Neil wants the 49ers, but he, he thinks the Chiefs will pull it out in some crazy way. He thinks Tony catches that pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got some fun prop bets for y'all. Let's get to these real quick. Uh, national anthem length. It's Reba McIntyre who is oh, singing the national over. anthem uh, over <laughs> under 90.5 seconds, 90 and a half. She has a history of singing the national anthem pretty fast. So mm-hmm. what are y'all, what are y'all thinking here? Uh, last under. time she performed the song, she sang it 65 seconds. Mm. Oh, wow. under. Got to go under. under. Hammer's yeah. no under. chance. I know she's eight, the lowest go under. <laughs> the lowest national anthem total ever listed for a Super Bowl. Uh, the longest she's ever performed it is eighty-five seconds. So then uh, it's what about that. ninety something? Completely that. screw people. Like this is something I wouldn't bet on because I can't win anyway. Ninety-four seconds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you know, you know, ninety-one seconds. Give me the over. I think she's going to get caught up in the Super Bowl. And she probably knows in the back of her mind that, that that's what the time is. And she's going to screw a lot of people out of a lot of money. So I'm going to take the she's over. She's going to add a verse. I don't think so. She thinks like, she's performing the national anthem. And then they bring down Taylor, Taylor Swift from the Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, coin toss. Heads or tails. It's 50-50 here. What are we thinking? Tails never fails. No, it's I heads. like tails. Tails. Jacob's got heads. All right. All yeah. Okay. Split. Gatorade color at the end. The current odds on favorite It fits with the purple. Are you kidding me? At plus 330, purple. I don't know when this article was written. I feel Uh, like this one's logical, though. You just, if you feel like the Chiefs are going to win, you just go back and look at the photos from last year. They're obviously going to repeat what they had last year. Red. Red. You got the same star players. I'm going with the conspiracy. Red. So, red, 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 it was this guy DM Patrick Mahomes acting like he's, he's like my son has a school project on like 
Super Bowl traditions. Could you let me know what color the uh, Gatorade's going to be so he can put it on his school project? It's like, we know what you're doing here, guy. You're not fooling anybody. You're trying to get the inside information to place with that. Um, all right, so I think we're all in a consensus red here. Jacob said orange. No, I said uh, it's either red or orange. I don't know. I think it's red. Uh, it works for both teams, really. Uh, but I, I'm with Tyler, with Taylor Swift, red, 13. Oh, my God. Red, all right, let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. <laughs> oh. you know, the red jerseys. <laughs> they all wear in red. Ooh, first team to call a timeout. Kansas City. Hey, yeah, Andy Reid's going to call Niners, like, in the The first Niners don't call timeouts. <laughs> I got to hold up. Um, and the uh, exact score. Uh, 31 to 20, Wade, which is, isn't what you, the 31 21, but 31 to 20 is plus 30,000 right now. So you might, uh, you might be cooking on something there. See if I got anything else. Uh, here's color odds. I bet you this one's up to date. Yeah, it was updated today. Purple plus 225. That's the highest right now. Red is that they drank last year. One, two, three. Red is the fifth at 350. You can bet no Gatorade or water at plus sixteen hundred. Jesus, uh, sham. There's no way. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know what what we got. What's there. orange? Orange is plus three hundred. Uh, and yellow slash green is in second place at also plus three hundred. That is uh, all ass backwards. Like that entire thing is backwards. Well, should we just hammer red? Yes. No. I'm not betting on shit. It's going to be clear Gatorade. It's going to be that white Gatorade. Oh, my God. Especially a freaking Gatorade color. Um, other NFL news besides Super Bowl. We had the Pro Bowl wrap-up today where the NFC won again. Um, they got blown out in the in the uh, flag football matchup. The only thing to that's, take away is that Dan Orlovsky did better than any quarterback in the precision passing. That is that's true. pretty dang sad. Yeah. That's um, that's actually the opposite of what he did when he was actually playing in the NFL. He, he was practicing. Terrible. He was doing the let's get a safety challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be a hidden gem, Tyler. But since you mentioned it, let's go ahead and get to the hidden gems. Yeah. Uh, new segments where we find something new. Jacob, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Uh, find something that was hidden. He's like, no, I that, do not. Uh, sports news, sports headline from this week, last week, that maybe didn't make mainstream media. Um, I'll start it off to show you my example. I've also got one in the bag if you don't have one. Uh, mine is going to be the enhanced games. I sent this to y'all on Twitter. Um, billionaire Peter Thiel Thiel is bankrolling Olympics on steroids that allows the athletes to uh, to be on steroids and compete in Olympic Games. Uh, he's the co-founder of PayPal with Tyler. Who's his other co-founder of PayPal? I have no I told idea. You oh, before, Elon, I told Elon. you before the show. <laughs> Elon Musk. Sorry, I was looking at my uh, hidden gym. <laughs> that's uh, that's someone I didn't expect to see as the co-founder of PayPal, Elon Musk. Um, but he says that he doesn't feel that athletes should be held back by steroids. So he is going to uh, – he's providing more details in April um, and will be promoting it during the Summer Olympics, his event, Olympics on steroids, the enhanced games. <laughs> um, so that should be very interesting. That's all I got to say. Uh, oh, my God. Talk about the Olympic 
millage. It's already rampant with people all ready to round yeah, go. Amped up. Imagine Here comes Barry these... Bonds waiting for his moment for all yeah. these years. Imagine these people on they're probably hey, check out this uh steroid we got over in Russia that allows you to do XYZ. Well, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Jab right in the arm. Hey. <laughs> You're looking nice. Let's, you know, we all know what happens in the Olympic Village. It's no secret, okay? Oh, yeah, the um, Russians did that back in 2016. Would imagine what it's going to be like when every athlete is doped up. The uh, the promotional for the uh, for the whole Olympic Games and why they're, um, you know, doing this is, I don't know who the runner is. I don't see his name. Um but there, it's a guy who apparently is the fastest man in the world. He he broke uh, what's the guy's name? Usain, uh, Bolt. Usain Bolt's record, but he's on steroids, and he's and it says I am the fastest man in the world, but you've never heard of me because I use steroids. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason. That's like why. saying I can I can bench a thousand pounds because I have robotic arms. Like. <laughs> I'm the strongest man in the world. <laughs> like, I'll tell you what, I'm going to watch it because I bet you it's going to be super entertaining. Oh my God, uh, there's no way. But look out for that in the future. Ty, what do you got for us? Well, Jack. that's hard to top. Uh, but like you mentioned, uh, it's about to be baseball season. Pitcher and catchers are reporting, and this one player is already starting the fuel to the fire for a lot of these teams, and it's only in February. One of, this, one of these teams just got Shoei Otani, and Mr. Mookie Betts, got interviewed this past week and he said that every game is going to be the other team's world series. I'll leave it at that. Okay. He's uh, my he's freaking ass. It's not, you haven't even made it back to the world series. Yeah, it's going to be fun when they get eliminated by the right. diamondbacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Wade, what do you got? All right. Mine is less of a story, more of a game. Uh, just kind of had it on yesterday for background noise, but the Baylor and Iowa State men's basketball game, Tyler told us to keep an eye on the, the Big 12 in basketball, and I got to say I'm a fan after watching last night. Baylor was winning most of the game, but then their coach picked up a second technical foul because he let an F-bomb slip right at a, right at a referee. And that got him ejected. Iowa State got two shots in the ball. And all of a sudden, they just went on a run, and it looked like Iowa State was going to run away with it. Well, then Baylor had some heroics, hit a free throw with one second left or two seconds left uh, to take the lead. Um, And then somehow Baylor ended up on the free throw line. I don't remember what Iowa State did. They had, like, a turnover on the inbound or something. But um, Baylor made the free throw, but there was a lane violation or something that gave them one, uh, one second inbound play for Iowa State. And they drew up a beautiful play. They they got the, the pass in, and they were able to kick it out for a three from pretty much the logo. And the freshman made it. Like, oh, cleaned it off the backboard. It went in. It was called an Iowa State win, but then they reviewed it, and they said he let go one millisecond too late, and they called it off, and Baylor won. So... Just what? a lot of emotion in that Watch game. Big from... Pro, man. I mean, that's a conference that, like somebody <laughs> yeah, in that conference is gonna win it all this year. There's that's just insane. so many things that went wrong or, or favorable, depending on where you're looking at it from, but like just a lot of weird technicalities. 
and uh, the coach getting tossed and uh, just gut-wrenching to make a game-winning shot on the road and you feel like you're the man. And then you just have to sit there with like 20,000 fans who are all watching the same replay as you and and you just That's... know you didn't get it off in time. Anyways, it was a good game, and this is about the time of the year where I tune into college basketball um, so I can get my bracket going, but uh, definitely a good start. Yeah, you got to start watching those Arkansas Razorbacks. You never know what headlines. <laughs> that is another there. hidden gem, but that one yep. can be read at your own time. Yes. Uh, don't wear it. Don't read it at work, uh, but look up that one. Uh, Arkansas men's basketball team. Jacob, do you have one for us? I do. Um I'm going to throw it over to college hockey because uh, nobody talks about it very much. That's hidden. College um, hockey. Very hidden. <laughs> it's, it's a very hidden thing, you know. Um, but I, it's kind of it's kind of a two two full two part thing. But uh, first thing is is the growth of of college hockey. Um, holy crap! I never thought in a million years I would see Alabama, Georgia, and all these other uh, considering they're calling them club hockey teams. Uh, but they got some units on those teams. Like it's it's Probably actually just, uh, real. Some thing. of the football players trying to stay in shape. Backup tight ends. Hockey. Yeah. They can't skate. Could you imagine those guys <laughs> on skates? Oh my god. I can just picture somebody like Fletcher Cox on skates. Like, like, <laughs> like what? You murder somebody. Absolutely murder You're somebody. You're making some serious cuts in that ice. But uh, no, I, it, college hockey is growing like crazy, um, and, and I think before long, I mean, there's a lot of talks about it behind the scenes of about Division One hockey coming to the Southeastern Conference, um, expanding. Uh, the ACC was a part of it. Now they're thinking about bringing it all back. Talking about you know having it be a big sport again, uh, especially with the realignments of the different conferences. USC, UCLA got teams. Uh, they're trying to play against Arizona State. Arizona State's one of the best teams in the country. Uh, of course, teams up north are, are the best teams in the country. Right. I watched the last weekend. Wow. Last weekend, number one and two teams in college hockey is Boston University and Boston College. They're about you know 15 to 20 miles away from each other, and it is an all-out slugfest in the war. But this is where it gets interesting. Uh, apparently the number four NHL prospect who was drafted by the San Jose Sharks uh, actually it ties into the All-Star game and everything, uh, but actually DM Tate McRae to get her free tickets to come and like watch him play at, at Boston College. So this guy's like shooting his shot yeah, for, for Tate McRae. It, it is absolutely hilarious. He's like, she, I don't think she responded, or he didn't Ooh. reveal like whether she responded or not, or anything. So like everybody's like waiting for her to show up to a BC game, you know, and it's and uh, it's it's everybody's like on the edge of their seat with it. But she's like she's a big hockey like fanatic and everything. And in credit to Justin Bieber getting out on the ice in full pads and skates and everything and skating with the All Stars, that that was that's pretty sick. Um, speaking of Tate McRae, if I can remember his name, Cam Thomas, former LSU basketball player, Tate McRae showed up to his basketball game and he dropped like 60 immediately. Saw her and just went <laughs> off. Uh, so maybe this guy, yeah, maybe this guy knows what he's doing here. Um, 
I've got one last hidden gem that'll that'll tie into our college baseball discussion that we're about to get into. Uh, y'all all remember the LSU Alabama game last year, where right for the game, Alabama's pitcher was a scratch, and all of a sudden there was hundred thousand dollar bet that was trying to be placed team. in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, now he is transferred to LSU uh, to pitch for us, but um, full circle. Yeah. So, and then it comes out Brad Bohannon, who's Alabama's coach, told this individual person to you know bet LSU. I benched a player. Blah blah blah. Well, the punishments have rolled out this week. Um, he's got a uh, he's got to pay a fine. He's got probation. Uh, he's got a 15 year uh, show cause order, which basically means if any team hires him, he cannot coach until those 15 years are up. So you can hire him <laughs> at year five, and he still can't coach for another 10 years. So he's pretty much done. He's pack it up, buddy. You got to find a new gig. Um, you're not coaching anymore in college baseball um, at that point. Um, so the, the hidden gem is the actual text that he sent this guy. Uh, his name is Bert, Bert, Bert Neff. Um, he attempted to place a hundred thousand dollar wager on the Alabama game inside of the Cincinnati great American ballpark. Uh, when the, the betting attendant said, uh, sir, we cannot take that much money because they probably haven't seen $6,000 or Probably haven't seen they it said you can do fifteen grand. Okay. That's that's what we're giving you. Um, because they probably haven't seen fifteen thousand dollars in the history of this ballpark bet on college baseball. Um, which is not a very big, you know, it's like sport. A thousand miles away from the game, too. Exactly. So uh, the guy, the the uh, cashier is doing his job, right? He's like this is a little suspicious. The guy says, Okay, I'll take my fifteen, but I want to make multiple bets because if you knew what I knew. You would be betting LSU. It's like, okay. Hmm. He doesn't stop there. Bert Neff says, look, look at this. Shows his phone to the cashier, and it's Bohannon texting him. Uh, It's Luke Holman, right? What's his name, Tyler? Yeah. Yeah. Holman's out. Hammer LSU. And he's like, dude, did you really just show me that? Like, what um he then takes off out of the ballpark uh says in court that he destroyed his phone by throwing it in the river bought a burner phone and then texted all of his compadres bet lsu this is all happening for first pitch like in a matter of like five minutes um they you know it's not like back in the day where you could chunk your phone in the river and text messages are gone, buddy. Your phone's backed up to the cloud. That's an iPhone. You're hosed. So they read all these this stuff in court. Um, Mister Mister Neff is actually not really getting that bad of a deal. Oh, I take that back. He faces up to ten years in prison, but he'll probably just be on <laughs> probation. Um, and with a max fine of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which if he's trying to hammer a hundred grand on a college baseball game. I have a feeling that two hundred fifty grand is probably not that big a deal to him. Uh, but yeah, and I think the, part of it was the money was from Bohannon. You think like, it's definitely isn't the first time they've done it. Um, he was like, "Go place this bet for me. Let's split it." I know something you don't know. Yeah. Uh, so just a little headline there. That's uh, kind of reached full circle. But if you're gonna be the head coach for baseball team and try to tank the game for your for your own side. Use some code or something, man. That, that's a little too obvious. So, um, I mentioned baseball. 
we're going to get into an LSU 2024 baseball preview. Tyler, I'm going to let you take it away for the team. What do you expect this year? What do you, you know, obviously with national championship last year, the three of us went to, or four of us actually, Jacob, you joined us for a game, the Kentucky game, where we, Paul Skeens pitched the breaks off of this team. Um, left after the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it? We scored like nine in the first inning. Uh, I think it was 15 to, was it 15 to three after like the second or third inning? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we run ruled them. Uh, I believe it was over after seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tigers open their season on February 16th. So about two weeks from now against VMI. What is VMI, Tyler? What, Virginia, yeah, Virginia Military, Military Institute. Okay. I didn't know that. The more you know. Uh, mm. But the SEC is loaded. I, this I grew year. up on SoCon baseball, man. Charleston. <laughs> College of Charleston played VMI every year. It was a rivalry. Uh, Citadel played them. So. Uh, like I said, the SEC is absolutely loaded this year. we got a gauntlet of a schedule. So, Tyler, give us a little quick rundown on the baseball team and what you expect from this season. Yeah, it's an absolutely loaded schedule, like you mentioned. The SEC uh, has got six teams uh, in, in the top ten. So, it's going to be a loaded conference. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, LSU coming off a national championship, which that usually means that's going to be a lot of turnover. You lost a lot of offensive firepower. Uh, like I mentioned last week, you know, Dylan Cruz is gone, Trey Morgan, Gavin Dugas, Kate Beloso, the list goes on and on. Uh, but you're returning back some guys. Uh, Tommy White's coming back for his junior season. Uh, he's fully and he's healthy. healthy. Yeah, healthy he's fully healthy. Uh, well, so we'll see. You know, he had brought a lot of firepower. He wasn't even close to 100% last year. Uh, so we'll see how he is uh, 100%. Uh, the pitching staff, uh, you did lose Paul Skeens last year, uh, but it's starting to really sound like this is going to be a real deep pitching staff. You know, Thatcher Hurd is probably going to be your main guy. Like you mentioned, Luke Holman. You got him a transfer from Alabama. You got a transfer from Xavier, Justin Lohr. You got a transfer uh, – from UCLA uh, with Gage Jump. Uh, so you did uh, tap into the transfer portal. Also, you got a new bat, too, uh, with Bingham uh, from Arizona. We're getting him a little firepower. Then you brought some SEC veteran play. You know, you lost Jordan Thompson. Need a new shortstop, so you got uh, Michael Braswell. He's been playing really well. Jay Johnson said that he's been the best hitter uh, in fall ball. We'll see how that uh you know, really plays out uh, throughout the season. Uh, so this is uh, going to be, uh, you know, some offense that's going to have some question marks. You know, you're moving some guys around. You know, Jared Jones will be at that first base. You know, that that's going to be a drop-off for sure. You know, you had, like, pretty much the best defensive first baseman in LSU history with Trey Morgan, and then you have Jared Jones. I think that Jared Jones doesn't have that athleticism ha- as Trey Morgan has, but he definitely has the range. At the catcher position, you're absolutely loaded. You have three quality guys that got some reps. You know, Brady Neal, uh, you know, last year he was pretty much your guy through the first couple of weeks of the season. He got hurt after the Arkansas series, and it was pretty much a 50-50 split between Hayden Travinsky uh, and Alex Blazo. So you'll probably see Hayden Travinsky. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the main DH. You'll see Brady Neal and Malazzo switch out to uh, so this is going to be a team uh, that's going to have some question marks, uh, but I think that this is going to be a team uh, that's going to be right back uh, in Omaha potentially. Oh, I, I I mean repeating back to back that's tough, but I definitely I would expect them to probably make make a run at Omaha this year. Um, you mentioned Michael Braswell. That was when he transferred in. A big concern was his bat. We wanted to get a veteran guy to kind of run that that uh, shortstop spot. Um, and like you said, Jay Johnson is very high on him. That's definitely something you expect coming into uh, 
Jay's offense um, to coach him up like that. And then second base, Josh Pearson's moving from left field to second base, which a lot of people don't know. He was recruited to play infield um, and stepped up as a freshman and went to the outfield because that's where the team needed him. Um, so that, that'll be interesting to see how he makes that adjustment. The Brady Neal, Alex Malazzo, I think those are YouTube catchers. I would probably see expect to see Malazzo a little more um, at the beginning of the season and maybe an even split as we go through. Uh, but the pitching staff, yes, we lost Paul Skeens. Yes, we lost Riley Cooper. But with Gage Jump, Luke Holman, um, and you bring in this freshman, Cam Johnson, who apparently is just like pumping straight gas down the, off the pitching mound, that's going to be – I could see him in some like relief situations, high leverage, need a guy to go in there, get a couple outs, um, and really see what you're working with with him. But Thatcher Hurd isn't getting a lot of attention around the country. Wade, we were very critical of him at the beginning of the season. <laughs> Didn't start off hot, uh, but he really turned it around in Omaha. What are you expecting from Thatcher? Does he pick off where he left off? Do you think he's the Friday night guy? Yeah, I think he gets the first crack at it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Holman and him switch at some point. Uh, just kind of depends on how he adjusts to playing in Baton Rouge. I mean, Thatcher Hurd was kind of like Holman of last year. He was the big recruit and he didn't really hit his maximum potential till the end of the season, but that was okay. And uh, that's when they needed it. So I think it would be one of those two guys. Um, I think that one of the, the freshmen like jump or um, it's Johnson, right? Or Mitch. Yeah. Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson. Um, one of them could step up and, and snag a rotation spot as well. Um, but I think that, like last year, I think you're going into the season with four quality weekend pitching candidates. Um, inevitably, one might not pan out. One might step up. I can't remember the guy's name, but we did get the transfer from Xavier. He has starting experience mm -hmm. as well. Um, maybe more of our, our Tuesday night guy, but he could always be the Sunday guy too. So exactly. uh, I think that Heard gets the first crack, but Johnson's not going to be afraid to, to move guys around if, if he's not getting results. Oh, and we've got the you know new pitching coach, um, Yeski from Arizona, who coached with Johnson. Um, it's we got a, the pitching staff. I think obviously you're missing Paul Skeens, right? He's gone, um, and that was your headline guy last year. But I think this year the bullpen is what gives you the most uh, comfort. That was kind of the struggle last year for most of the season. But this bullpen is very deep. A lot of lefties. A lot of lefties. So. Definitely something to look forward to. Um, of course, the four of us will try to make a game. Jacob, we'll try to get you a game that's not a blowout. Maybe we'll get a little closer action going on. Well, I tell you uh, what, the game the game before that was the last uh, sporting event event before Rudy Gobert decided to start the COVID mess. So, uh, you know, we, I went to uh, – they played South Alabama. So, you know, I went we, with uh, – I think Tyler was there. You were there. Yep, I was. Wade, you and I went to when they played Mississippi State in 2020. Or it was right. It wasn't Mississippi State. It was a. It was a midweek game, right before we played Mississippi State. Uh, maybe it's the same game. Were we that was the, same game? Uh, the New Orleans game. Yes, the oh, UNO yeah. game, and that's when it was announced that uh, SEC play was canceled or whatever. We were like, end the stadium. We were like, what is this? But this is nuts. I remember it was also during basketball season, and LSU was pretty highly ranked at the time. Um, and they announced that March Madness would be canceled. 
shortly after we were at a game. Yep. Yep. Uh, but quick little preview there. Predicting back to Omaha, I think we're all kind of as obviously as LSU fans, we all want a repeat of a national championship. But I think a success on the season is another trip to Omaha. That's what you brought Jay Johnson in. That's what you expect him to do. Um, and we'll be checking in on him throughout the season. Jacob, your Penn State Nittany Lions. How is their baseball team looking? You know anything about them? Big Ten baseball. You know- you know, Big Ten baseball is not um, what uh, SEC baseball is now. I mean, it's uh, it's not highly touted. I mean, the Big Ten in general, as far as baseball goes, is, is a secondary. I mean, uh, it's like the reverse role of baseball and hockey. Like, in the South, hockey really doesn't exist. I mean, it's growing, but it's not, not, not there yet. Um, so they kind of flip in that aspect. Uh, but no, I, I honestly think that maybe for once, and they had stretches where they played well, it's a high scoring, uh, conference because it seems like nobody can pitch. Um, <laughs> it, it's that bad. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get guys, uh, at the MLB level, you know, in, in the future, especially with the growth of, of, college baseball you know in in the recruiting and the the draft picks i mean i'm so for it now and that's made me over the moon happy about the fact that uh you know teams are actually drafting and valuing guys that are in the united states now and it's not you know let's go to the dominican republic for the first 35 picks in the draft um so i'm i'm happy in that aspect with baseball. Um, but yeah, I, I just think you're going to see the future of draft picks come from the sec, uh, for the most part. And, and that's just one of those things where it, it's just a, it's a bigger sport in the South than it is, you know, in the North, as far as college goes. Now the reverse so role would be once you get to the majors, I mean, a lot of the teams up North Red Sox, Yankees, and, a lot of those teams up there are the teams in baseball, you know, that they want to go after. But at the college right. level, I, I just you just don't see it in the north. You only have two SEC Hall of Fame baseball players, like in the MLB Hall of Fame. So I think it's been a recent push. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's a recent growth. I mean, it's not and that's a good not thing the longstanding growth. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely. And you'll see more trickle in there, but. Well, with the combination of the conferences, like a UCLA going to the Big Ten, they're usually a big powerhouse. Arizona potentially, uh, where Arizona's going. Oh yeah, where's Arizona? Twelve trickling into the Big Ten now will make it a good conference. Yeah, a lot of West Coast teams. Great for baseball too, honestly. Yeah, play all your games in March in California, and then come back to to (laughs) Michigan and stuff in the in the later part of the season. Yep. Um. But yeah, you still get a lot of you don't get a lot of time, you know, in the north when it comes to, to baseball that's season. The hard it part. Sneaks up no on you. That's time. the problem. I mean, the yeah. guys down here can play fall ball and everything else while it's snowing sideways up north. So exactly. I mean that's that's the tough part with it. because um, I mean uh, at looking at Penn State's schedule, I mean like their biggest game maybe potentially all year long. I don't know. They play West Virginia at some point, who's a decent you know, baseball team. Uh, somehow Rutgers is a decent baseball team also. Um, but, yeah, I, there's just not not too much. I think Illinois was 
okay for a little while. Um, Iowa was yeah. a tournament team last year. Yeah, like they're not even playing Iowa this year. They play at Stanford. They have a three-game stretch Ooh. right at the open of the season yeah. at Stanford. That's the toughest um, series right yeah, there. That's, that's probably the toughest series that they're going to face. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's different. You, you don't play the teams. I mean, that that's the other thing too. You don't play the teams. Like think of football. Like you know, there's teams in the Big Ten that are going to play somebody who's in the ACC on a given weekend, or you know, something like that. Especially with the changes of the schedule, baseball is just not that way. I mean, Penn State's mm-hmm. playing Davidson, Harvard. Uh, you know, you don't the, play the strength of schedule to where when you get to a team. Or get to a postseason tournament, you're not really prepared for that. So. Well, not only that, but they don't play anybody during the season that gets them any sort of no- notoriety when we're sitting down and making, making the selections. Yeah, yeah, when we're making the selections for uh, who's going to make it to Omaha, you know, and all this stuff, and, and Super Regionals and all that. Like, it's not, they're not even a factor because even if they do beat a large majority of the team, they'd have to go, you know, 23 and – Seven, what they call R- uh, what's the ranking? RPI, RPI. Yeah, they don't have a high RPI. No, um, but nevertheless, hey, LSU plays in Houston. They got a little tournament going on in Houston, Texas, Rice, and somebody else. I'm forgetting. Texas State, Louisiana Lafayette. It's going to be yeah. there. Texas maybe State's we take a real. Maybe we take a sports carnival trip to Houston, to Minute Maid Park, watch them play for the weekend. Um, that's uh, coming up, I think, in March. So we'll we'll put that on. On the post-show notes, uh, post-show agenda, we'll discuss that. Um, but let's get to Dog of the Week, and then we got NASCAR Neil waiting in the green room for his NASCAR preview. Everyone's favorite segment, who got that dog in them? Wait, let's start with you. All right, uh, Dog of the Week, I guess more like Dog of the New Year. I'm going to give it to the South Carolina men's basketball team. This team... Is on a five-game win streak, including top ten victories over Kentucky and Tennessee um, in the last couple weeks. So uh, this team looks really good. Uh, a team that's building a, a pretty good tournament resume. I mean, they could sneak in as a pesky ten seed or something, uh, depending on how the rest of the SEC schedule plays. Uh, but yeah, go, go seed, uh, the men's and the women's teams are looking real good. Yeah, the South Carolina women's team is uh they. A problem. Uh, Tyler, what you got for us? Yeah, I'll go to the women's side of college hoops. I'll go Juju Watkins dropping a 50-burger against Stanford in the 67-58 win for the Trojans. 51 points, 11 rebounds, and two assists. So Juju on that beat. Got that dog in. <laughs> so we've got uh, – he didn't type it like he's supposed to. But Come on. Matty Eyes. Who got that dog in him? You want to know who got that dog in him? There we go. CJ Stroud on the backpedaling dime to Jamar Chase for the touchdown in the Pro Bowl game. Uh, I don't think a lot of people watched it. but scored a touchdown Jones, when you Washington. needed him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dog of the week to CJ Stroud for Matty Ice. Uh, Jacob, who's your pick for dog of the week? Um, You know, I – I think my dog of the new year is women's professional hockey. Um, that stuff is for the, real. Hockey. That right. stuff is for real. All I'm saying is, is watching, yeah. watching women just 
run each other over into the freaking boards is oh, no. gotta be the weirdest thing of all time to watch i don't know it's it's crazy like i'm waiting for them to rip the helmets off and start punching each other in the face like it's it's coming so i don't okay. know it's uh it's pretty wild the the growth of it so yeah uh good for good for women's hockey so mine is on the golf side uh, I sat out and I watched the end of the Live Golf Mayakoba tournament. Uh, John Rahm made his debut. His Legion 13 team actually won the team event uh, of it as their debut event. Congratulations to them. They all just got a lot richer. Uh, but you, uh, I'm going to butcher his first name because I thought it was Joaquin Neiman. Apparently, it's Joquan, according to the announcers. What? Never no. heard it pronounced like no. that. No, it's not. Yeah, I think it's, it's Joaquin. I think it's right? I think it's I think it's Joaquin Neiman. Or Joaquin. That's what I thought. I thought it was Joaquin. Yeah. They were like Joquan. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Who? Joaquin Neiman. Um ends hey, up beating speaking of golf, full swing coming back. Yeah. Uh March sixth, eighth, something like that. March is gonna be um, a good month. March Madness and this. Yeah. Neiman beat Sergio on the fourth playoff hole in the dark. To take the dub for the first uh, live event of the season, uh, but my, you know, that plays into the dog of the week. But on Friday, he shot a 59 course record at Mayakoba, uh, and then shot a 60 the following day. So I mean, dude was dialed all weekend, um, and then had a couple strokes back of John Rahm and Sergio today made that push, got the win in the in the playoffs. So congratulations to Joaquin, not Joquan, no. Joaquin <laughs> no. yeah. on that win. On uh, in other news though, in golf, uh, yeah, Wyndham Clark shoots a sixty yesterday, and they called the tournament today after fifty four holes. They're not gonna play on Monday because they didn't play today. They had forty five mile hour wins, so they're not playing playing golf. They're not playing. They've called the tournament after fifty four holes, and Wyndham Clark ends up beating wait uh, really Ludwig Oberg by one or two two shots. Wow, I thought they so I I saw they suspended it. They suspended it. They were supposed to tee off today at 2 o'clock. They then said that they were going to resume tomorrow. Tomorrow, but yeah. since then, they yeah, had a go. breaking news report that they the called storm, The storm uh, an hour ago. The storm affecting the Monterey Peninsula throughout the day Sunday is forecast to continue into Monday with very strong winds. Like you mentioned, 45-mile-an-hour winds. Um, after consultation with the emergency authorities, we have implemented a shelter in place. And we'll be calling the tournament through 45, 54 holes. So congratulations. I mean, I, I, but also I give credit to the guy for going out and shooting 60, like in that condition. Yeah. I mean, those in some of those conditions, it was okay. It was nice on Saturday. Like I watched, I watched the tournament, but it was still windy and watching the guys play the practice rounds, I think on Wednesday, Mm because they split the tournament. He now hit a driver onto the far three, the 90 yard far three. He hit it <laughs> on the back side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's a, crazy. What is that? Seven at Pebble Beach? It's yeah. depending. It could play from like 60 to 98 yards. Um, they were saying today they would have had to hit a five iron. The pin was in the front at like 92 yards, and they would have expected players to hit a five iron to get there because of how yeah. strong the wind was. Yeah, That's I watched the, I watched the golf balls on the green. They were blowing all over the place, like mm-hmm. in the the remote control thing. It, it was so funny, like watching yeah. them all over the place. I was like, "That's crazy!" But that's pretty wild to think. 
and I like the event for the most part. I mean, the fact that it's a pro-am, they had Josh Allen out there playing, you know. Yeah. I mean, if if somebody asked me whether I'd want to play in the Super Bowl against whoever or go play, uh, you know, four rounds of golf at Pebble Beach uh, on a given Beach. weekend, I'm going to Pebble Beach. I, nah, I don't think you say that as Screw the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen loves it, man. He loved uh, it. He was all over. I've never seen Josh Allen so happy in my life. I don't. That's happier than I've seen him ever. He spends been... nine months a year in Buffalo. <laughs> well, I mean, conditions are the same in Pebble yeah, Beach. Like the opposite of fifty yeah, mile wind. wind, but yeah. no snow, all rain. Well, congratulations, Wyndham Clark. Uh, I think that's his fourth, third, fourth victory uh, on the PGA Tour. So, uh, with that, NASCAR Neil, here we go. NASCAR Neil, welcome to the show. The long center turn. Hey, thanks, guys. How you doing tonight, Neil? I'm actually very tired today. Last night was a very long day for me. Neil's so. getting crunk with his dad. That's <laughs> Billy Bob's, right? Billy Bob's yes, out there yeah. in Fort Worth. Yeah. How was that? A nice concert you had going you went to? Uh great time. It's always fun times. You know, my dad came in town for this. So I was like, good time. But hope hopefully you weren't driving home like they do nah. on the NASCAR tracks. You took a nice safe, maybe call an Uber. Uber and, all the way. Uh, there you go. That's the way to do it. So Neil, oh, yeah. uh season is is kicking off. Tell us what we need to know. What's your what's your preview here? Okay, I just want to say Jacob, that transit that comment about the weather in Southern California actually fits pretty good. Uh the preseason race at uh the clash in the Coliseum was supposed to be tonight, actually. It should have been wrapping up right now, but due to that weather, they made a last-minute call to push up a day, which kind of sent people scrambling. Of people who were coming in for it today ended up finding out yesterday on like two hours' notice, saying, "Hey, we're running tonight. Get over with." Wait, they pushed so, it forward? Yeah, they. You don't hear that a lot for sporting. No, it's usually pushed you, back. Yeah, they had they had planned to run some heat races. They had it open where it's free to the public to come in and watch. They announced yeah. with like a couple hours' notice. They go, "Hey, we're canceling the heats." Gonna go ahead and run the race, qualifying set on speed, kind of thing. A lot of people weren't happy, but at the same time, it's not practical to really push it back to say Wednesday because one, right. the track is built inside the LA Coliseum where the you know where you know where USC plays, and then try to get back across the country, get the teams ready to, to go down to, to Daytona next week, which mm-hmm. kicks off on Tuesday. Are you gonna so, be making the trip down there, Neil? No, I I've got I do a few races playing this year. That is not on the list, but I'm excited this year. But so first thing is, though, we have some pretty major schedule changes this year's schedule from the previous years. The first one being they moved the first Atlanta race to the uh, second week of the season this year to follow to follow the Daytona instead of kicking off the West Coast swing early. OK, nice. it's it's kind of idea behind it is it's races kind of similar to Daytona. So the idea is fans who turn into tune the 500 for the first time will and decided to give it a second try at something more closer similar to it than did a big swing and shift like it has been in the past. They've also added uh, Iowa, Iowa to the schedule, which is a track that NASCAR has owned for like 20 years. Cup has never been there, but they're headed there for the first time this year in June, which would be exciting to see. New, new, new track on the schedule that a lot of these guys have never ran at. Some of the older guys may have ran there in the lower series, but for the most part, it's a pretty fresh experience for a lot of these guys. Uh, you know, they've also the stocks throughout the oh yeah track. Hopefully they get that taken care of. Field oh, yeah. of dreams out there. Oh yeah. Uh, another thing is this is the 30th anniversary of the Brickyard in Indianapolis, and they're going back to the Oval 
after using the road course the last three years. So that's going to be exciting to go back to how it should be to me. I'm old school. The road course traditional for a purpose. It's traditional. Like it's the 30th anniversary should be exciting. The racing will probably be terrible because uh, cup cars have never been good on the oval there at all. So it's then, then you throw in that due to the Olympics this year, these, uh, Regular season finale got is pushed back a week, so the regular season is no longer ending at Daytona this week, which kind of sucks because that the craziness of you know of a last minute winner getting in is kind of gone. But they are, but due to like the timing of other races having set dates such as the Southern Five Hundred on Labor Day weekend, that's that weekend every year. It's they've owned the date for almost for fifty years now, or at least. So they're now that's now the. Uh, cutoff race instead of the opening race of the playoffs, which will still be exciting because of that race having it's a very tough track to win at. So you have some guys that are just on a point bubble. It's a track that caused serious problems for them, which will be kind of exciting to see. Like, oh, you know, if you're fighting fighting close and the guy you're fighting with, maybe one of those handful of guys is actually good at getting around the track that's too tough to tame. And then in the playoffs, due to that shift, they've now added – the second Atlanta race and Watkins Glen to the uh, to the playoffs and move Texas move the Texas race out by me to March, which I'm ultimately a fan of. It's super hot here in August and September still, whereas March yeah, be nice weather in March. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a lot cooler. It should be like I think it's actually April is when it is, but yeah, so that should be exciting. You know, weather will be a lot nicer. I won't be sweating my ass off and dying in the heat like I was <laughs> in April. That was miserable. But speaking of the races I'm going to this year, I've got three races on deck this year. I'm going to be going down to Coda down in Austin in uh, end of March, which will be exciting. Never been down there. I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, Texas, which is up by my house uh, in, the, in the middle of April. Then in the fall, I'm going to make a trip up to Kansas City and go to the race up there, the playoff race up there. Which Nice. Um, oh, yeah. I think that race puts on – I think it's one of the best races on the schedule right now. Throwing the playoffs, the intensity there. Should be a good time, you know. And I kind of want to go somewhere new every year. It's kind of my goal, even though Coda is new, but it's like not an oval. So like, I want to try to get a new oval every year. So that's all I can. So right, yeah, yeah. No, that makes yeah. You're in a good spot for that, you know, to jet around to some of those Midwestern races. Uh, not too hard to shoot up through Oklahoma and um, in the oh, yeah. Kansas. So. Oh yeah, so I'm excited for that. It's it's kind of in the middle of football season too, so it's like. It'll give me like a break where I, where I'm not going to Baton Rouge for once for a weekend, and like I've been doing a lot the last couple of years, heading down there a bunch. Hey, so. you still got to come down to a game here. I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm coming down to a bunch. My mom is getting season tickets apparently, so I'll be down there. Really yeah, nice. she's she, she's planning on doing that. I'm like, I don't know why you live eight hours away, but you're doing this. So, hey, there you go. Um, you mentioned the Kansas City one. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, you you try out that Kansas barbecue and see what's better, oh. Texas or Kansas. Oh, I'm, that's that's on my list. So it's there. You go. I, I, I'm. Me, you know me, I love. <laughs> I mean, you know me that. Yeah, you guys know me. I love barbecue. So that's 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 definitely something I'm not going to pass up. I'm not going eight hours up there, not to not try their local delicacy. Uh, we do have four rookies or three rookies this season, which will be kind of exciting to watch. Uh, Josh Berry is getting in the four car for uh for Stuart Haas Racing. He's replacing Kevin Harvick, who retired, is now in the booth for Fox, which is which I think he is in the best place of the rookies because uh, Roddy Childers is his crew chief who is regarded as one of the better guys in, in the garage. And he'd actually 
thought about retiring, but when they hired Barry to for that car, he decided to, hey, I like this kid. I'll stick around with him and stuff. And he's somebody that I like. He's signed my hat I'm wearing here tonight. Like, I, you know, he's from not far from where I grew up, so it's kind of exciting. The uh, next driver is Carson Josefar, who's joining the Spire, Spire team in their expansion, which which last year he filled in at Legacy for the better part of the year after Gregson got, got kicked out of the car for his bad social media use. Yeah, and, yeah. and he did pretty good Stay in those races. Bad social media. Use. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he'll be. So he did pretty good there. But again, I think Spire will be overstretching themselves because they're also adding in Zane Smith in a third charter there. So I think they're going to be kind of overtaxed, and they really weren't a front-running team to begin with. So I think all three of those cars are going to struggle, even including Corey LaJoy, who's been their consistent driver. Yes, they did get major sponsorship from GameBridge which is a giant investment company, they're pumping a lot more money to the team, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal and stuff. But Zane Smith was the top talent of the Ford camp, and it's kind of shocking that, that the Ford let him go to Chevy for this year. So, but yeah. And then some storylines, I think, are excited for this year over as a whole. Ford and Toyota both got new body styles this season. So they unveiled them last night. More crisper. They have a lot more flatter front end, which will help at, at the tracks, uh, I think it'll help a lot more at at, at Daytona Talladega where they can. <clears throat> it's a flatter surface to push with because the Toyota front ends previously they were very rounded, very much like the Camry kind of where there's kind of very for rounded. And they had a lot of issues with cars not getting a good push off of those. Uh, speaking of Toyota, Legacy Motor Club switching to Toyota from Chevy, that should be a big transition there, and actually a full independent team. They don't have an alliance with Twenty Three Eleven and Joe Gibbs Racing. Other two, other two Toyota teams, which would be interesting because there's that's typically these teams you always have some kind of alliance to another team, but they're going fully independent. But Jimmy Johnson did win seven championships because he didn't know what he was doing. He's he kind of has a good sense of what he's doing. Uh, I'm excited to see what Kyle Busch as a second year RCR. He had three wins last year, but struggled in the playoffs. I'm curious if he can bounce back, maybe get the 500 win, which he was so close to last year. Uh, I'm intrigued with Truex Jr. this year. He won the regular season, but proceeded to not do anything in the playoffs at all and only made it to the round of eight because he had all the bonus points and playoff points from the year. Uh, I'm something I'm hoping to see next week, and I know Chu, who's, who's in the chat earlier, is hoping for that Brad K can finally break his winning streak. He's gone to, over two years now without a win as an owner. Truex, his team won. Big Brad K guy. Big Brad yeah. K guy. I'm I'm the same way, and he's showed last beat last year. His teammate and driver Busher won three races last year, and made and Busher made it made a beat me to deep push in the playoffs. I think he can probably do it at Daytona. I, he was there fast there last year. They were they both led it a while. I'm just hoping when the white flag goes, it's it's Brad up front, Busher in second, then their third car, David Reagan behind them pushing in a freight train. That's all I can hope to see. That. Um, uh, another thing with coming back is Chase Elliott coming back after struggling last year from his from breaking his leg last year in the season. He never really had the same mojo and kind of struggled. I kind of think they were pushing too hard for wins later in the season to try to make the playoffs, and which didn't really work out. You know, it's going to be interesting there. Um, Neil, on got, the Chase Elliott, I want to ask you real quick. Uh -huh. Coming back from an injury like that, is there any sort of you think there's any sort of like mental hurdle he has to get over to where he trusts himself to? I mean, I know it's not like he's got a broken arm to yeah. make the turns right, but yeah. you've got the it's your I'm assuming it's his pedal leg. So like yeah. that 
plays into uh, that racing, right? Do you think there's any I, sort of mental block he's got to jump? Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily know. I think the more so was that he missed six weeks, and that six weeks of points that he wasn't getting. I mean, right. his team was still being successful. They made the owners' playoff side, but I think towards the end of the year, instead of just going for consistent finishes, they were trying to go for home runs. For example, I know at Watkins Glen, they made a dumb move on fuel on fuel strategy, thinking they had two more laps than they did. It comes to find out there was no way on earth they had anywhere close to that, and they was because they were just ran trying to stretch for the win. Yeah, he ran out back on the at the bus stop on the back on the back straightaway at, at the Glen. So I'm like, that's. Kind of bad, but uh, we do have two drivers who are having their second chance in Cup, or I guess second and a half chance. John Hunter Nemechek is in his second stint with Legacy after doing a year, uh, about three years ago, he ran for a smaller team, kind of didn't do much and decided to take two years back, went down to the Truck Series, ran a year, dominated. Last year, ran Xfinity Series, dominated again, which was kind of good, and now he's got his move with Legacy with their ship Toyota because he's a uh, – the other one is Noah Gragson, who got fired last year from Legacy. It was given a second chance in the Stewart House ten or in Stewart House ten car and stuff. He's back. I they're they really don't. I guess their attitude is we don't care what you did last year. We're moving on from that. Second Hope chance. Oh yeah. And then the name Chet that you could not pronounce to save your life last year, Shane Van Gisbergen. Van hey, that's a tough one. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. I'll have, <laughs> yeah. know. I'll have to learn it this year. It sounds like he's yeah, going to be no, taking but, um, uh, he's, I mean, he won the Charlotte Street Course last year. He's coming over full-time, left Australian Supercars. He's running a full-season Xfinity and a part-time series, a part-time season in Cup. I think he's running nine races uh, with a split between road courses and some ovals. I think he's running both Talladega races to try to get more experience on these big tracks, which he obviously doesn't have, which – which, which should be exciting to see. Like, I'm intrigued to see what he did. Yes, he caught lightning in the bottle. Was that a track that he was the only one with any kind of experience on a street course and a stock car kind of thing? But it should be exciting. You know, he I mean, he's running the Xfinity at Daytona. I'll probably tune in for that and just to see what he can do. But, yeah, um, and I'm going to go on a limb here at my way too early Final Four. Okay, because Because I, I think it's – you never know. I think it's going to be Byron, Chastain, Bell, and Blaney. No, Van. Whatever no, uh, he's, he's in. He's not running. He's not running in okay. Cup this year, so uh, full time. But place your best Byron, now, folks. Oh, yeah, I'm, best I, now. I'm. I think Byron's been hot. He was. He was dominant all last year. Made the final four. Chastain's been good at Phoenix. He actually won the championship race last at the actual race itself, but wasn't in the final four. To, Count Bell's been high, he's made back to back final four. And then our reigning champ, I think he's kind of gotten over that hump and is just going to keep the minimum, keep the minimum, keep the momentum running and stuff. I would say Hamlin, but he always chokes his way through the end. But yeah, no, Truex Jr., you don't think he's going to get over it? Um, I think he'll have a good year, but we'll really kind of see. He did pretty good last time in the clash. When I saw I wasn't watching, I was keeping up on Twitter a little bit, you know, but. I don't know. I'm really intrigued. He's somebody. He is. He's one. He's he's the oldest driver in the, in the garage right now, and he's probably going to retire at the end of the year. So it's like it's going to depend. They're getting slow. Got to uh, throw I mean, the grandpa back in the garage. I mean, him and him and both. Like Hamlin's at his queen. peak right you now. You can keep. You can keep letting them race. Just put a handicap placard up there. The <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but uh, something that I I will say that y'all mentioned full swing earlier. The NASCAR version of that came that. out this week. 
it, I'm personally a huge fan of it. I binged it all in one day. I, I just got uh, reassigned at work and we're waiting. I was waiting on my access, my new, my new work. I was like, I'm going to sit here and watch it all day. And that time to work. Oh yeah. (laughs) And it was, Oh, it was really good. It was, they covered the playoffs last year, focused on different drivers behind the scenes. It was kind of cool to, with their outside lives, with their families, you know, there there were, there were some funny moments. Um, Hamlin's a big point of it because he told them, I don't care what you film. I'm, if you'll ask me and I say no, but he said this week, he's like, I didn't, have, I didn't tell them no for anything. They wanted to you know, ask me about something that they could. They filmed everything. Plus, being a driver owner, it was kind of a good kind of thing. Yeah, but, interesting perspective on things. No, oh, yeah. I, I've seen that on Netflix. I want to check it out. It's on my to-watch list. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty good. Like it, It's it's kind of like for drivers, especially kind of like our drive survive, right. which they've attempted in the past. But I think it's got a good blend of stuff for the casual new fan so who wants to watch it. You know, or but it's also decent enough for people like me who's been watching it for years. You know, and 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 I'm and reading stuff online. I've read a lot of stuff new in some uh, message boards I, I follow for NASCAR. People, new fans hopping on saying, asking questions because they saw the show and wanted to learn more about hey, it. Just, growing, which growing is, the growing the sport, growing the game. Oh yeah. That's what it's all about. It is. Yeah. It's ex- Neil, I I got a couple questions for you. Well, first thing is is grow of growing growing NASCAR. uh, I'm going to attempt. I'm going to try see what I can do. I'm going to try to make it to Talladega in April. Um, so I like I don't know. It's a bucket list thing. I was like something I've never (laughs) been to before, and it's just like I want I want to do it. So make make sure you camp it camp in the infield. Or camp in some way, <laughs> or, or, at least, or at least camp somewhere. Camp in the Hilton parking lot, Jacob. There go. Just go no, to that no, no. no, because you, because or have somebody who doesn't drink because you need a party on the boulevard Saturday night. That's part of it. Well, Steve, Steve is not a heavy drinker, so you know. That, okay, there you, you go. go. Yeah, because because the boulevard, which is the giant road in the middle of the infield, it's a giant block party Saturday night. I've never been. I've got a good friend of mine who's been. He he goes twice. He goes every year both races. I was trying to get my dad to go, but he wasn't really down to go for the fall one. So I'm like, eh, I guess I guess I wait another year. So, <laughs> but uh, for for my question, first question is: is uh, there's a lot of uh, of I don't know mixed feelings on you mentioned the Ford car and, and the new design and everything with Toyota and their new design. Um, there's a lot of mixed feelings on it. it the, the Camry, I guess, you know, has been around for, for a number of years, but I mean, it seems to me like the car has gotten smaller and it's starting to look less and less like the, the prototypical Camry. Uh, <laughs> but your thoughts on, on the new design? I like the new design personally because I think, like, the to me, it, it helps them with the with like the front end being flatter, which helps them pushing the, the bigger tracks like that. I think that's going to be a big advantage for them. And so the, that we are gone from the days of, of went on Sunday, sell on Monday. That's kind of been gone for years. The cars don't look any like the production cars anymore. So to me, that doesn't really matter. It's more about the arrow and how they'll affect the long run and ends up being Toyota. This will help them a lot because when this car got developed two years ago, they made a bunch of last minute changes that really hampered the Toyotas in their arrow. And some of the changes they made last minute really restricted their ability to do. So this is their first chance to really do a big redesign with the, now that this car has been kind of set design wise. So I think it's going to help them a lot. Similar for Ford, 
Ford had it. Ford just unveiled that their new Mustang this year, which is why they're able to to do it. You know, I think it's the Dark Horse is what they call it, which which it, it looks very similar. I like it. A buddy of mine said he thinks it's ugly. I think it looks good and runs good. So and we'll know next week. You're telling me they're racing with Toyota Camrys out there? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the body type. It's yeah, okay. every, very it's, loosely. It's, to get yes. the name out of there. I rented a Toyota camera. It was the shittiest car I've ever been. <laughs> okay, so uh, you're telling me they're oh, yeah. pushing that thing to 250 miles no. an hour around this track? You're no. It's got the words on it. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, it's like the branding. Like like, like like back in the day, they were pretty similar style to it. But uh, Jacob, I'll tell you, though, when you go, rent a scanner. Make Do the rental on that. It's worth it. I bought mine last year. I love it. It makes it experience a whole lot better. Huh. All right. And my 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 last question is where 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 am I at on getting the Home Depot car back? I mean, it's been so many years. I just want the Home talk Depot. To your, car talk, to your talk to your corporate. Talk to your corporate. Talk to your corporate. How do we get a sports scramble car? Oh. Yeah. We'll make that uh, next time I make a trip series. to corporate, I'm I'm I'm, I'm having that conversation with somebody. Do it. Oh yeah. You go. Tyler, you had a question that you told me before the show that was pretty good. Yeah, so if you're pretty much like just like any of us, like new to the sport, like like what drivers should be we be looking at uh, this season? Maybe a dark horse. This has been a question, like again, all the new fans have been asking. To me, it's it kind of depends on personality wise. Like, uh, what do you kind of you know? To me, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Trey Trey Jr. He's a country kind of guy. Fishes all day. I want someone he, that's flashy and causes drama. Uh, Denny Hamlin. Hamlin. Either, either Chastity or Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin has a okay. new line. When he wins, uh, he, he he will. Last year at Bristol, he said they, they he gets booed a lot. He's kind of a, he plays like the heel in the sport kind of. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the villain. And last year at at, at Bristol, when he won, they booed him, and they that that and he he, he said, oh yeah, you know. That I end up beating, beating your, your favorite driver, and they go, "Who's that?" He goes, "All of them." And then, and then he won again last night. He's flash. my guy. And then last night, and last night again, they again boot him, and he said, "Hey, why are you why are you booing me?" You know, that all I did was beat your favorite driver again. It was a kind of cool kind of thing, Drop you know. Oh, it's it's amazing. He's a big part of that show. If you get around to watch it, you'll kind of see him. Like he's also buddies with MJ, good friends with Michael Jordan and a bunch of other golfers. So he's kind of up your alley. I watched he him in a golf video. Uh, he in, sucks at golf, but, but yeah, but, but he has a he has an interesting line though that he drops in the show, talking about like the athlete side of this is that that they is on any given day he could potentially you know end up making a better drive than some pro golfers or. Or make a three-point shot that Michael Jordan couldn't make. None of them could ever get in a car and run a faster lap than he could. That's true. That's fair. You know, it's that's, like that's it's fair. something like you know the, the things like yeah, you know, none of these guys could hop in a car in Charlotte and make a faster lap than I can. But yeah. but 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 on any given day, I could make a better drive or better putt than say Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas, who he's good friends with. But could I'd you like do it over him, and over again? To the- I'd like to see him hit a drive down a uh, with with a gallery. <laughs> 10 yards wide and you got fans lined down and him not kill somebody. Um, I don't know about that one, Denny Hamlin. Hey, he does that every week with the car. He's oh, yeah. got my vote of confidence. That's oh, yeah. I'm going to watch him this season. Yeah, and he's his own podcast too, which I enjoy. I'm, I'll he'll drop in the morning. I'm going to listen to that first in the morning. I'm starting my work. You know, he's just nice to have him give his perspective on stuff. 
you know, he does a good job with it. He's, but he's kind of funny, goofy. I mean, but he's also really, really accomplished. He's won, he's won three Daytona 500s, two Southern 500s. He's won every crown jewel, I think twice, except the Brickyard, which, which hopefully he can get that this year, maybe, and knock, knock his last crown jewel off the list. Over, over 50 wins, but no championships. But the dude's still a first bout Hall of Famer. There you go. Well, Neil, so, I, I appreciate you coming on and joining us tonight uh, for the first preview of the NASCAR season. Of course, we'll be we'll be tuning in uh, throughout the year. Um, and I think that pretty much does it for the sports scramble. Any other sports out there? Oh, Super Bowl prediction, Neil. 49ers Chiefs, who you got? Uh, like I said in the chat earlier, I think it's going to be uh, – I want, I want the 49ers, but I think the Chiefs are going to win on some – Crazy dumb kind of yeah, there play is that, Tony game or, or some bad call is going to end we up might. influencing it. Like they're just going to call something dumb that had no business being called. There, there's going to like some dumb holding play they weren't calling all night long that you could see all day long was happening, and they called on on a late drive to cost the four minutes to win. Wouldn't wouldn't put it past. Them. So I uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we having a watch party for Super Bowl, guys? We decide that right now. What do we do? Uh, it's to be determined. Uh, but on the determined. YouTube side, y'all see the number. I'm already setting a goal. By episode 100, we're going to be hitting 1,000. So keep hitting that subscribe button. I'm putting out content pretty much every single day. Shorts go out Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Regular videos go out Tuesday and Thursday. Just put out an LSU baseball hype video. Even if you're not an LSU baseball fan, I promise you will give you goosebumps. Yes, it will. Um, like our friend over at Alabama, uh, former Alabama head coach says, uh, Mr. Bohannon, hammer that subscribe button. Hammer <laughs> it down. Uh, we appreciate everybody watching and tuning in. Uh, comment, like, subscribe. You know what to do. If you don't like watching us, but you still like to listen, we're everywhere you find your pod. Uh, we hope you all have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next time.